Welcome back to Meet the Creatives Podcast. Today, I'm here with Tyler Lehman. Thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm, I'm super stoked about this. As I mentioned before the show, I, uh, well, first I was in touch with the people at the Sasha Group asking about a job at NASCAR. And then they referred me to Nicole Cruz and some of the people at NASCAR. And then uh, I got introduced to pro sport management. And then I found like, you know, a whole bunch of people that I now aspire to be just like yourself included. And, uh, and then I talked to Noah Halford and I'm fascinated by it. And I just love the notion of photography for NASCAR. But I know before you worked in the music space and you've, you've done all these incredible things with uh, John party and stuff like that. And, but take me from, take me from the beginning. I, I definitely want to take a deep dive and geek out on the NASCAR stuff. This will not become a Chase Elliott fanboying session. <laughs> I promise. I got that out of the way early with Noah, but take me from the beginning. Cause I know that it seems like you've been at this a while. You've definitely paid your dues to get to where you are. So first camera yeah. origin story. First camera. Actually, I actually have it. It's not nearby. So we go grab it. It was a little, uh, blue Fisher price, little toy camera for, you know, I think like for toddlers and it took like cartridge film in it. But I mean, that basically, you know, like kind of as a star, like I've been taking photos ever since I was probably like five or six. Growing up, my dad was a professional photographer. So I kind of was just like always around photography. Like, you know, like we would have filing cabinets in our house with, you know, like slide films and then just, you know, like at 10 and 11 years old, just going through those you know, like film pages of just seeing all those photos and stuff like that. Um, so like, I think like, it's just something I've always been around. And then as I got older, you know, uh, once I got into high school, kind of got like, I think I was like 15 or 16. I got for Christmas, it was a Canon 30D. And at the time that was actually kind of a newer digital camera for that time. Right. Um, so like, you know, like that was kind of like my first big camera when I was like 15, 16. And kind of then really jump started getting into it more and more uh and high school photography class really kicked that then even into a more higher gear you know I, we in that class we had to do one project throughout the semester digital and at least one project film and like at that point you know i had been shooting digital for the past year or two so i was just like that's already done with so i spent like <laughs> the whole semester just doing everything film and i kind of like fell in love with that and I, luckily for me, I had photography right before my lunch period. So I would just spend my lunch like in the dark room working, you know, like every day. And like nowadays I look back on to that. And I think that like really kind of helped uh, learn the basics. Cause when you do like, when you're learning and doing all that manual for like film photography and even like the developing and stuff, you really kind of like get like, I mean, with that, you kind of get like the chemical sense of it, but like, yeah. you really get like the technical sense of it too. Like what aperture and, you know, like shutter speed really, you know, like it's, it's easy with a digital camera just to start shooting. And, you know, even with Lightroom these days, you can, which Lightroom is definitely amazing, but you can, you know, there's a lot more room for air. I definitely think like, you know, diving into that at a young age, not really young age, but like, you know, like in my, as I was like a high school senior, uh, just really kind of like helped me grasp the technical side. And then when I, I went to college for criminal justice and had this whole career path on, you know, wanting to work for like the Secret Service or FBI. And that's, like you know, because like, my dad also, besides being a photographer, was a police officer. So kind of just, oh, wow. you know, both rounds kind of just like, you know, was into kind of all of that stuff. I think like probably from like 13 to like 
18 is when I like really like honed in and learned a lot of like the photography skills. And then when I went to college, I kind of just did nothing with it. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. Um, and then when I got out of college, you know, I just started at that time, you know, like I always like played, like loved going to shows, concerts and stuff like that. And so I was like, well, let me just at that point, just try to like, let me see if I could get into any show, just taking photos, kind of like respark the photography and wanted to mix it with something I was also passionate about. And so, you know, from there, I just kind of started shooting a few shows here and there. And I fell in love with that and realized I wanted to kind of try to make that a job and a career. Um, at the time, that was like 2012, 2013, which wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really a thing. You know, Instagram was at its very early ages getting started. So there wasn't that much like even need for like content people for bands and stuff at that time. And so I just started reaching out to a bunch of like lower level bands, just like bands that I felt like were big enough that like maybe I could like actually do this, but like also small enough where it's like, hey, I actually have a chance of talking to them. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you awesome. know, a lot of the bands I reached out to said no. Um, uh, and then Love and Theft, who was a country duo back at the time, uh, in like 2012, they had a number one. Um, and coming into the summer of 2013, they were opening for uh, Tim McGraw's Two Lanes of Freedom tour. Um, and so I had reached out to them. I was like, hey, you know, I'm a photographer. I don't really have that much like experience, but I would love to come out on the road with you guys and document your tour. And I would do it 100% for free. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> it definitely was a struggle that summer. But like I, looking back at it now, like I would be, you know, I, I don't think I would be here without it. And so with doing that, and then I obviously, you know, that summer just took the, like every moment I could to meet and talk to with everyone around. Um, I talked with at the time, Tim McGraw's photographer who had, um, because, you know, he was the headliner, the big artist, obviously he had his own, you know, photographer and stuff like that. So I just, you know, made a connection with, try to make a good connection with him and, Eventually, you know, that all led me to uh, moving to Nashville, which off and on, you know, I didn't start really working for like bands full time uh, for another. I mean, that was I moved to Nashville in 2014 and I don't think I, yeah, it took about four years until I finally started like working full time, full time for bands. Just, you know, the first four years was kind of off and on between artists and stuff like that. And then uh, I secured a full time you know, job with uh, Morris High Management, their management company, kind of just working through their roster of artists out on the road and stuff for them. That's pretty cool, though, because you could really expand. Like, you know, when people go and look at your book, there's all sorts of different bands and faces and environments. That's got to be mm -hmm. a, kind of a good way to expand your portfolio kind of quick. You know, obviously, my portfolio has definitely changed from at the beginning because <laughs> I would always, you know, like always trying to get that bigger, bigger, bigger name to like put my portfolio because I feel like, you know, like when you're sending out your portfolios, like the bigger names are in it show that you clearly, you know, have been given access to, you know, these people. So then bigger artists will look at it and be like, okay, well then if he shot so-and-so, you know, we should let him shoot us and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely try to, they're definitely, I think I still have like one love and theft photo in my portfolio. I was like, I don't really, <laughs> I know it's kind of like don't forget like where I you came keep, from, bro. No. Yeah, like, I feel like I should, you know, give them something at least in there. 
That's amazing. I, I love that. That's, that's so cool. I think one of the things that you're talking about that's fascinating and and it isn't always talked about is sort of leveling up and kind of going from one stone to another. You know, like yesterday I, I interviewed Jeremiah from from the Lumineers, and it took so long to get to a tr to get to a place where an artist like that would even trust that. Cause at first I used to like, not like it. I'd be like, Oh, all these famous people, they don't, but then I realized it's like, no, they, they want to know that you have the capability of talking to somebody like them and, and not having it be like an issue kind of thing. And it's not really personal, but I was like, Oh, it's, I can't believe this fluke thing happened. But then I, I went and I looked at my portfolio and there's pictures of Lady Gaga. Cause I interviewed like Art Stryber. There's, you know, um, I have friends who are, uh, not members of the band, but they're, they're, they shoot for the killers and do lighting for the killers. And there's mm -hmm. sort of that, that trust that's established there. But it was a really great feeling to be able to, to have got to a place where I finally got that opportunity. And it's also like not a minute to, I don't know if it's too soon or too late, but you know what I mean? It's like, had I done it earlier, I probably would have fucked it up. Whereas like yeah. yesterday I was like, no, I'm, I'm ready. Like I've, I've been preparing for this moment and it's kind of good, but I feel like there, there needs to be sort of a, a humility, but did you ever feel in your journey, like it's never going to happen? You know, like you're never going to. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I have sent out, you know, for that, that period where like I, before I like finally locked in like my first full time, like touring job, like I had reached out to, you name a band, I reached out to their manager. Right. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, like one of the biggest things like as like, like advices I always give people when they ask me is like, just don't be afraid of no, mm -hmm. you know, like don't be afraid to like get the response. No. Uh, because like, you know, like I reached out to so many managers and they, you know, like a lot of them either said like, no thanks. Or, you know, like, no, we already got someone or most of them just didn't even respond. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, you know, like, you know, you send out like nine, you know, send out a hundred emails, um, 99 say no. It only takes that one to say yes. And you get like, you got a, you know, like you got a gig, you got the job. And so, yeah, there was definitely a lot of, you know, just no and, you know, stuff like that. Just kind of eating it and going with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I've learned in my journey so far, and tell me if, if you've had the same experience is accepting those no's and, and recognizing that it's not personal, but also being able to to audit yourself, you know, like I was really chomping at the bit and like knocking down doors. You could ask the people, <laughs> you could ask your bosses. I hit them up like all the time, to, <laughs> but they were eventually like, dude, like we're good for right now. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's cool because in the past, I would have taken it personally, been like, I'm not a good photographer. I'm not going to do it. And then I looked and then I looked at your portfolio and the other Tyler who works there and all the different people. And I was like, yeah, I don't have this stuff in, in my book. And I <laughs> like, I, I need to get to, it's not personal. I don't have any live, li like live stuff in, in my book. I don't have, you know, I don't have so much as like a dirt track race. I'm saying like, I want to be a NASCAR photographer, but I don't have that. And so it's kind of, um, I always do the same. I try and encourage people like, don't take it personally. Just go back to the drawing board and you never know down the road. But at the same mm -hmm. time though, you need to take actionable, you know, if this is something that really is a dream of mine, I need to, you know, not take it personally, take actionable steps. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today was sort of to, to learn more about, you know, your journey, I guess we'll segue into the NASCAR stuff and, and how that all happened. And I know, uh, from behind the scenes and talking to Noah, that that was kind of a big, big commitment on your part. So how did you go from the music scene and then you're with, uh, 
you know, pro sport management and, and with Bubba and Chase and, but it's, you're predominantly just with Chase. Is that correct? Predominantly with Chase. Okay, yeah. yeah. Chase is like my main driver yeah. I shoot for, but I want to get, um, get that nine best. That's my goal in life. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, COVID was kind of one of those things where I had a, like a very love hate relationship with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, Same here. I, I hated the fact that we weren't able to go out on tour. Um, you know, like back, you know, like, I mean, still for me, like I, you know, I love live shows and everything. Um, and so, you know, like, and all up until that point, you know, like that was my livelihood. That's all I knew. And so when COVID happened and shows kind of stopped, you know, it was kind of, it, you know, it was, it was hard to kind of get used to not being able to, you know, spend my summer out on the road you know, and, and full amphitheaters with crowds and stuff like that. Um, but also like, it also, I kind of liked it because for one, um, I just did not get to go. I'm originally from Ohio. Um, and so like, I just did not get to go home that much, you know, before COVID I would go home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, maybe like a few other days sprinkled. Um, but I really didn't get that much time to go home. Um, and so with COVID and no show, no shows and everything, um, basically I took that whole, you know, like year and a half of COVID and went back home and lived in Ohio. Um, so that was great. You know, I get to spend a lot of time with family and my nephew and stuff that without COVID, I honestly don't think I would have been able to do. And then because of COVID too, there was no shows going on, obviously for, you know, like bands and stuff but there was racing still going on. So like, you know, and I grew up like a huge NASCAR fan, you know, like watched it every single Sunday. Who was your um, driver? Bill Elliott. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he retired though, you know, when I was probably like 12 or 13. So he retired when I was still pretty young. So once he retired, I, you know, it was kind of into Dale Hunter Jr. And um, for, primarily until he retired um i feel like all these drivers i like end up retiring at you i know, know it makes you feel so old yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so like i grew up a huge racing fan um it was wasn't something i ever really thought of doing as photography but with covid you know there's no shows and races going on so i just kind of you know reached out to a bunch of race teams uh again and kind of like what you were talking about how you just didn't have like live shows and stuff like that in your portfolio i had no racing in my portfolio mm -hmm. and so like i was like reaching out to these race teams like hey look you know i'm a photographer in the music industry this is the level of my work but you know of course all of them you know would go to my portfolio and see no racing so mm -hmm. obviously they were like yeah you know like a lot of them didn't reply or a lot of it was no's and stuff like that and so I started then, you know, like looking at our local dirt track. Um, and luckily in Ohio, I lived about an hour away from Eldora Speedway, which is one of the top dirt tracks in the uh, country. Tony Stewart. Um, yeah, Tony Stewart owns it. Um, and they had uh, the SRX series come there in 2021, which is a good chance, which I saw as a good chance to get a just some racing shots in general, because I don't have any. And then B you know, like SRX had some big names. So it kind of helped get those bigger names in my portfolio. And so, you know, I went up there and I shot that SRX race, you know, and from there I was posting this stuff on Instagram um, and SRX reached out. They're like, Hey, we really liked your work. And so, you know, like they're like, you know, like if you want to come out to any of the other races, we'll set you up with credentials. 
Uh, so I came down to the NASCAR or to the Nashville finale, you know, which Chase Elliott ran in that one. So which, again, that was an opportunity to get at that time, you know, like a bigger name in my portfolio. And then throughout like, you know, like other times then too, Kyle Larson runs a lot of dirt races. Um, so I would try to go to tracks around my area that he was racing in and reached out to his manager um, about, you know, shooting picks then just because again, like he's another big name I could get my portfolio. Right. Fast forward. Now I'm, you know, had then that portfolio, at least of, you know, like racing and stuff to attach to my name. But luckily kind of for me, like, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, like all everything kind of, I feel like worked out timing wise perfectly. You know, this past last July of 2021, back when shows were just started to uh, get started again, um, John Party's manager reached out to me, asked if I was doing anything. And, you know, at the time, not really. I was, you know, at the time I wasn't doing any music because of COVID for the past year and a half. Um, so I was, you know, super excited to get that email to finally be able to get back to work out on the road and stuff like that. And, you know, after like three weeks working with John, you know, they decided to bring me on full time. Um, and so I moved back to Nashville, you know, I was out with John full time. I ended working for him full time in May. Um, but I kind of started, you know, back in March, uh, I saw Noah posted, you know, that he was leaving, uh, working for Chase Elliott and so I kind of just, you know, I reached out to him. I was just like, hey, you know, do you know if they have anything lined up after you? Which he said, and he's like, no, I'm not sure. But, you know, like, here's the people you need to talk to, which was uh, Steve at Pro Sport. And then so I reached out to them. Finally, now at that point, I already had the racing portfolio built up from that prior year shooting that stuff. So, you know, luckily, I feel like, you know, like without having that portfolio at all from the racing side, you know, I probably wouldn't be you know, having the job I do now. It's sort of like a karma thing and it'll eventually come back around sort of thing. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I don't even remember back, you know, like early times, the teams I was reaching out, Pro Sport may have been one of those companies I reached <laughs> out to and they said no. And, a, you know, a year and a half later, here I am working for them. It, was, it wasn't an easy decision. I mean, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, like there's a good chance I could get this job working in NASCAR which is something I've always been a huge fan of. But at the time I was also, you know, I, I really loved the artists I was working with, uh, you know, like out of every band and artist I've worked with, John parties, definitely. I, I would say takes like the top of the list that, you know, he just all, I, like always treated us well and everything. Um, and so it was just always a fun time out on the road, not on the road. Um, so I really enjoyed working for him. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a hard decision just because, you know, like I, you know, I, I love and I'm comfortable where I'm at, but then again, I have this amazing opportunity that who knows, you know, 10 years down the road, you know, it could completely open up, you know, this yeah. huge branch of, you know, a whole different side of photography. I haven't really looked into. And so, you know, decided to take the job, um, which, you know, I, I missed the touring and everything, but I, you know, come Sundays when you're, you know, it's, there's there's no other place I would want to be. Yeah, um, for sure. And you had you had to move to Dawsonville, Georgia, for that position, right? It, yeah. Well, it was kind of up in the air whether I'd be moving to Charlotte, working out of our pro sport office, or mm -hmm. moving here to Dawsonville. And so, yeah, I you know I ended up moving here to Dawsonville, Dawsonville to be closer to Chase. Um, and it kind of just it, it makes so much things easier, you know. If, yeah. If you know, like, if I wasn't like 
if I was working for another driver with Pro Sport, then it would probably make sense for me to live in Charlotte where all the other drivers are based. But, you know, working for Chase and living here in Dawsonville, if we need something, you know, I could run over, get it, you know, and be done with it that afternoon. Is it surreal to be able to be working with the Elliott family? And, you know, this is a guy like Bill Elliott, the McDonald's 94, you grew up with that or that, you know, the nine, whatever. And then, you know, his son, Chase Elliott, there's like this lineage there. What's that experience like when you first start working with Chase and what is it like now? Sort of like, you know, the, the dream versus the reality is because like Noah kind of said, eventually you're just friends with them and you spend so much time with them that the, the novelty of it kind of wears off, but Noah had nothing but great things to say about Chase and that he was just, I remember he said, you know, he's just, he's one of us. He's just, you know, he's just like one of your boys who like plays Xbox and is just like normal and fun and chill. And what was it like to have somebody go from sort of being this larger than life thing to, you know, you're working on emails together and voiceovers and all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess kind of for me, luckily I've had, you know, all of this years in the music experience mm-hmm. kind of already doing that. Um, yeah. You know, I with all the bands I worked for, I never worked for someone I wasn't a fan of. Um, just because one for me, like, you know, I don't feel like it would I would be as creative if I'm working for something I'm not, you know, like a band I'm not really a fan of. Um, so, you know, like I've always just kind of, you know, been in that situation. Um, so honestly, like moving into, you know, working for Chase and to me personally, it just really wasn't that big of a deal. I know that might yeah. sound kind of weird, but, uh, well, did, you know, did I've you been meet on... him before he moved or, or no, that's kind of what I'm curious about. Like, did, I, you know, I did move so your I... whole life and then all of a sudden you're going to be, yeah. you, know, you hope that they're cool. No, <laughs> so I didn't actually move to Dawsonville until July okay. and I started working with Chase in March or April. Oh, okay. So okay. It, it had been a, at least a good, you know, decent amount. I, for the last, like for the first like two months, I was working full time for John party and also working for Chase, you know, I would do a concert Friday, Saturday night Damn. and then fly Sunday to the race. So it was, it was a little hectic. So <laughs> you must have um, wrecked, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a little re- hectic. So, you know, it, I, it's just one of those things, like, I guess for me being, you know, like I've done tours with Kenny Chesney, which growing up, like he was always my favorite country artist and stuff like that. So just, you know, like I've always been around like people I've always like been a fan of or looked up to. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it just wasn't, it's, I, I don't know. It's just weird. It just wasn't really a, a big deal. Yeah. Um, cool. at all. I mean, sure. Like when I walk into the office and I see, you know, like the 94 McDonald's or the nine car sitting like in this, you know, like race shop. Sure. Like part of me is like, you know, like that's really cool. Like, you know, like those are the cars I grew up watching just literally sitting there in front of me. But as far as like the people side of it goes, like to me, you know, there's just, you know, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. They're just people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to convince people of that. They're like, dude, I'm so nervous to talk to this person. I'm like, just reach out to them. They're totally normal. Like I have that in the design space here in New York. There's a whole bunch of designers that people think of them as these sort of like elitist people that would never talk to you. And I'm like, no, they're mad cool. And like they're talkers and like, they're just totally normal. So that's yeah. Cool. So race day. Just uh, I know that every track is different. There's always all these different logistics and stuff like that. But walk me through the process. You know, what kind of gear are you using? I kind of just love this, exploring this idea of like the dream versus the reality. Yeah. Because you know I mean? <laughs> people uh, just have like, you'd be skipping with them through autograph sessions, but <laughs> I'm sure it's not all like that. Yeah. 
For sure. Uh, definitely. You want to have some good walking shoes because come race day, you definitely, you know, you put the steps in, yeah. um, just not, I mean, you put the steps in pre-race and that's not even counting them once the race starts and you're walking from, you know, turn two all the way to turn three and back, you're just walking around to get all these different shots of the track. But yeah, you know, like usually it depends on the track. Like you said, uh, for example, this weekend we're at Watkins Glen. It's kind of like out there. Um, and our hotel is an hour and a half away from the track. So oh, wow. <laughs> unfortunately, and then, so like this Sunday, we have a couple like meet and greets we have to do, uh, before the race. So like our schedule for this Sunday, and we have a couple appearances, I think too. So our Sunday this week starts pretty early. Like I have to be at the track at like, I think probably 10 30, 11 this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then our hotel is an hour and a half away. So this it's, it's going to be a long day Sunday this for, for me this Sunday. You know, I probably have to wake up at seven or eight, you know, take the rental, drive it to the uh, track and stuff like that. And then, yeah, so usually, you know, we have, we'll always have like a little meet and greet session, whether that's at the hall or his bus, you know, and then we go usually to one or two kind of like just sponsor uh, hosted appearances. And then sometimes NASCAR will have an appearance, like a Q&A session on a stage and stuff like that we go to. And then that's really it kind of, and that usually wraps up around like 1230. And then the race stuff doesn't really start till around two o'clock, which is, you know, like the driver intros and, you know, like the grid and stuff like that. I mean, and then depending on like how long the race is, you know, then race usually ends around four or not four, user ends around like five or six and stuff like that. So it's, it can be definitely a very long day. Do you ever have a, a, a feeling of, that it, it gets kind of too crowded sometimes. And I, I know from, I've gotten the opportunity to get some VIP passes and chase in particular way more than any other driver is just completely swarmed. And I, like when I saw him at Charlotte, he has to kind of, you know, he's going to be really thoughtful about how and when he leaves and stuff like that. Is it kind of hard to get good shots when people are constantly swarming him and putting things in his face and stuff like that? Or, or do you kind of wait until he gets out of those, those crowds? I try sometimes to get shots with that. Like I'll try to get in front of the whole crowd and then I'll just try to reach my arm around, stick, you know, like my (laughs) camera in the, in the hole that he's trying to walk it. Yeah. It definitely is, you know, like a challenge, but like, also those are like, I think good shots to get, obviously, you know, when you have 30 people huddle up around you trying to get an autograph, that makes for an interesting shot. It definitely does get a little challenging. Uh, just trying to move from point A to B. And then, you know, like sometimes I may not even have to take a photo and kind of just help with, you know, getting, <laughs> getting people, people yeah, yeah, getting, you know, people cleared out. Cause, you know, usually it's just me, Chase, and his PR rep. So it's only like two of us besides Chase that kind of then have to help this crowd of 30 people all trying to squeeze in for an autograph. So it can be a little challenging sometimes. Yeah. When I, when I was at Dover, th- there was all these people with all these cars and trying to get him to sign the cars and stuff like that. And, and everyone was like really in his face. And I, I just was like made it a point to just be a contrarian and be like 10 feet away from him and be like, Chase, you want to get a selfie? He literally made a beeline over to me. It took a selfie with me and then just like ran away from everybody else. And everyone's yeah. like, yo, like what the fuck? Like how did, how did <laughs> ha-? I'm like, I respected his space. And he was like, here's an opportunity. Like here's an out. And then he just dipped. It was so funny. Yeah. It's so funny because like he had the Hooters car and then that picture was like 
on the front of like the Hooters racing thing. And I was like, this is my crowning achievement. Mom. This is so cool. So um, That's cool. I'll have to send you the picture afterwards, but yeah. Okay. Enough with the, the fanboying stuff. Uh, gear. I, I love your shots in particular. You know, I always love Noah's shots and really everybody on, on pro sport, the bar is really high and whoever is, does a, the hiring it's done a phenomenal job. And, and there's actually kind of like a through line. The styles are different, but aesthetically it all kind of goes together. There's definitely like that crispy, clean look. That's not, it's not that orangey teal, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. it's very just like, it's not the very Instagram-y look. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I really like and respect. And that's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards pro sport because there was a, a real thought, like thought to craft and not just like what's of the moment and what's like this sort of, TikTok, you know, trendy sort of thing, but mm -hmm. just real clear, classic, well-executed photography that has a, uh, you know, that composition and, and depth of field and, you know, leading lines, it's all being considered and stuff like that. But talk to me about that process, you know, what kind of gear are you using? And also I'm curious to know like the focal lengths, are you guys using Zoom? It looks like primes if I had to guess. I try to use like, you know, I'm, I'm what? Well, I'm not like too new Canon? into it. You're a Canon guy, I, so right? I use a Sony platform right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> my my camera has kind of it's it's on its way out. Yeah. My shutters my shutter is gone, so I got to use the electronic shutter on it. Yeah. So it's definitely not. I'm I'm in the market for a new camera right now, and at Indianapolis, the Canon was out there. You know, with all their cameras and stuff like that. I tested out the Canon R5 uh, for the weekend and completely fell in love with it. Yes. Um, and I, I grew up, you know, using Canon my whole life. Um, I only switched to Sony just because I was doing so much video work too with music. It just at the time made sense to switch to Sony because they were very video heavy right. as well. And um, gold light and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They like, it was just a really good camera, but now I feel like Canon has finally, with their new mirrorless stuff caught up to Sony mm -hmm. and I completely fell in love with the R5. So I'm in the market for a new camera and I might be switching over to the R5, but yeah, I use a Sony. I, you know, I, my favorite lens I have is my Sigma, uh, 35, 1.4 art. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it's such a super crisp and clean lens. Like yes. every photo that comes out of those Sigma art shots are, you know, lenses are clean, but I feel like, I, I'm still not comfortable, I guess, with myself. You know, like if this was like a live show, I could shoot the whole show with that lens and know, you know, like I can get completely usable shots and stuff like it. Um, but that I'm still kind of new into the racing. I kind of like not using my prime just because I like to have that focal length to kind of that air, you know, just that room to make sure I get, you know, a shot and everything. Um, so you're referring to like zooms, like 24 to 70, 70 to 200 kind of deal? Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, 2470, 7200. And also, like, the other thing, too, is that, like, with music, I, I didn't really have the need for two bodies. You know, I, you know, we have a two hour long set for show. You know, I could just go swap my lens on the side of the stage and, you know, use that lens for four songs and go swap it out with another one. I just never really saw the point of having two bodies with music. Um, now that I've gotten into racing, it's, I, I definitely can see the use of having a second body for me. So that's also something, you know, I'm not looking at getting rid of the camera I have now, but I'm also looking at getting another one, you yeah. know, mainly so I can have a second body 
just so you know like i could for example have my prime ones on that one um and then keep like the 70 to 200 on my other one to you know get a shot if i need it or something like that yeah for sure nascar is unique and i i I didn't, but full disclaimer, I, I didn't realize this until somebody who worked at NASCAR, Chris Slipman, told me he was the, used to be the social media director there. That one of the challenges that they have with NASCAR is, you know, like like in football, they have a, a problem because they're always wearing their helmets. At NASCAR, they're wearing their helmets and a face shield, and they're in a car. Do you ever have times where you're sitting there during the four-hour race, going like, I I kind of feel like I got it. They're kind of just like going around, and if you ever just feel how am I going to get this emotion when it's this kind for of sure? A lot of the pre-race stuff is so important photo wise. Cause you know, they don't have their helmet on. It's, you know, actual, right. you know, like them. Um, so again, those pre-race candidates, I think is very crucial. You know, luckily each track is different. So there might be a different element at each track that you can get a different shot. And like, that was one of my issues. That's why, when I kind of like considered this job in the first place, because with music, I personally kind of noticed my work and much other people may not have, but I personally noticed my quality of work going down just because every single night you're shooting the exact same show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I just, I just started noticing I was struggling each night, how to get like something different or creative, even though like to that, the venue you're you know you're changing the venue each night right by the time you go on it's dark out and so you know it's it's still the same exact same show then with yeah. the lighting and stuff like that and so like that's one reason why i was like well maybe taking this racing job creatively will be better for me you know um I see that, yeah. and like you know like i definitely feel that with you know like racing like sure you know like at the end of the day it's the car going around a track but you know, like that track is different every single week. The where you're running is different, who you're running with. If you get crashed out on lot five, like you know, like every single Sunday, the race is consistently different in multiple ways. And I so like so far, luckily for me, like I've always found it exciting and challenging on how to get like creative shots each week. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been amazing. Uh I really am fortunate and and so happy to have have met you know yourself and noah and the the team at pro sport has been really cool and you know like you said when you're when you're in these environments when you're constantly sending stuff out sometimes it's just like really good to hear back and um you guys have all you know your company in particular has really provided some great insight as to what you're looking for and um you guys have all been so generous and it's uh it's cool and like when i see it on tv now it's kind of i feel like i'm part of, like I don't, I don't know it's just it's it's cool to know that the people who are creating this content that there's a real camaraderie and it's kind of fun to follow all all you guys and uh, uh i'm just really grateful to 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 get this insight and for you guys to to be honest about what it's like and it's just really cool i don't know i don't know how to put that in a bow but i'm just really super stoked about it and uh it's been great to talk with you today to learn more about that journey so so but yeah so we're in closing advice yeah. for people that are just starting out uh places you want to promote things going on where people can apply for jobs or you know yeah um fun facts I, about I, chase anything bro whatever you want. <laughs> my, my main advice i always try to tell people which i've already touched base on at once is just like i think to me like the biggest lesson i have learned so far to this point in my career is just don't be afraid of no um you're gonna have either like managers or companies 
or other, you know, creatives or people, you know, like tell you like, no, we're not interested or we're not hiring and stuff like that. Don't let like all of those, you know, like put you down and just either a, like just don't let it put you down or B take that. And then, you know, figure out then kind of like you said, like what I can do then to turn that no into a yes. Yeah. Like if you're young, like people that are young trying to get start into either photography or videography, the best advice is just go out there and shoot. You know, for me, it was going out shooting film because I felt like that was a very hard way to learn the technical side of it. Because if, you know, you screwed up with a shot, you, you're you clearly going to tell and you can't go back and fix that shot. So then now, you know, next time I can't take a photo that way. This is how I have to do it. Right. Um, so for me, I think just learning, you know, like the technical stuff at, you know, like if you're when you're really first getting into it is such a key thing down the line. But yeah, as far as where you can find me, uh, just Instagram at my name, Tyler Lehman. I have a website, but I know one ever goes to that. that. That's more of, you know, just a thing I have to send out to companies when I'm looking for a job. Um, if you're interested, it's just TylerLehman.com. You know, that's where all my work is. But yeah. Thanks, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. And uh, you have a great portfolio, by the way. You're totally underselling it. There's some cool pictures. <laughs> and if you're a Chase Elliott fan, there's uh, some awesome stuff on there. I really... The photographer and me, not even just like from a holy shit, that's Chase Elliott. But the one of the my favorite pictures you have is that picture of Chase holding the flag, like kind of just wrapped up in his hand, like like in the in victory lane. That's a yeah. sick, that's a sick shot, man. And, and and I really appreciate more artistic things like that. Like I was talking to um, I don't I probably shouldn't say her name, but I was talking to someone at NASCAR and and on an interview. And they were asking me, they're like, like, you know, what's one of the things I was like, stop trying to make these people look like superheroes and just try and capture these, these moments of like humanity. Like they're, mm-hmm. no one thinks that they're like Superman. They think that they're a drive. Like it's like, it's a competition. It's a serious thing. Like try and cast the drivers in that light that shows like these little details and little moments of like humanity. And I just love that picture of him kind of just like holding the flag off in the side. Cause it's. I don't know. I can't describe it, but that's like a yeah. photographer's photographer's shot. And um, that's probably why it's like cool. number two in your portfolio, right? I pre- <laughs> uh, Well, I mean, that was just, so that race was the first race I ever, my first NASCAR race I ever shot. Wow. Um, And so obviously Chase won that race. And so it was kind of like a, for me, it was like a, holy shit. Like, what do I, I don't know what to <laughs> capture. And so I was just like, yeah. capturing every single little detail I could because, you know, not only was it just my first, na- like, you know, like first day on the job, my first NASCAR race ever any photographing, wins. any wins. So then like the pressure of covering victory lane, it was just, I'm like, I'm just going to shoot everything and make sure <laughs> I get all the good details. Um, Oh my God. But, but yeah, like definitely with touring, there's some, like, there's definitely like shows that I will never forget that show. Like there's something about, you know, like, a certain milestone or something about it. Um, just like, for example, real quick, you know, like this past uh, spring, John Party sold out the Houston Rodeo to over 73,000 fans. Damn. Um, and like, I mean, for me, just like being a country music fan, knowing that like the Houston Rodeo is such an I- iconic uh, show. And so just like the fact that, you know, like we got to play it, you know, it was sold out, you know, this massive crowd that like that's just a day in a show I'll never forget. Kind of like the Dover race, I think will be one of those races for me. 
Um, you know, it was just my first race, you know, went to victory lane. Um, just think it's one of those races that I'll, I'll never forget. That's incredible, dude. The perfect ending to this thing. Let's definitely, <laughs> uh, let's keep in touch. And it's been really fun. And, uh, and pro sport, I am not going to contact anybody there for the next five years, but I'm telling you, I'm coming <laughs> Chase Elliott. I'm going to be a photographer in 10 years from now. It's happening. We're putting it out into the universe. I'm going back to the drawing board and, and there we go. I, I got to find a dirt track. There's like not around here, but don't worry. Yeah. You will be hearing there, from me down the road. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe one day I'll be the guy at pro sport who can hire you for that position. I think that's going to happen. I really genuinely do not, not I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of being facetious and joking here, but I've talked to so many young people on my podcast that are like my peers and roughly around the same age. And mm -hmm. uh, what's exciting is that those people are now starting to get to the age where they're getting to like management positions. So uh, it, it may work out. So remember, yeah, me, like bro, don't forget me. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, you know, like that's why I was like, you know, like this is a, like a whole different switch and there could be a whole different career yeah. path and everything. So yeah, for sure. Dude, stick with it. I need you to stay there. I need you to be there. And then, <laughs> and then once I'm I in, have no plans of leaving, right. yeah, I have no plans of leaving. Beautiful. All right, I'm off to interview the, the Goosebumps guy. Dude, it's been so much fun. And uh, awesome. thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yep. Good Have a good one. one.